Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. The JMAC News Show. Fearless. Honesty. Hope. It is the only thing stronger than fear. Jay McFarland. Fearless. Fearless. About the stories that really matter on KSL News Radio. Hello, Utah. This is Kirk Jowers filling in for day two uh, on, for J-Mac, and I'm excited to be here. Yesterday, we spent a lot of time on the important issues of the day, politics and policies. We're going to do that a little bit today as well, but I also want to highlight some some great Utahns, Utahns who are doing amazing things on the national and global uh, global stage, uh, as well as, as focus on a little bit of what's what the news of the day is. I am really thrilled with my first guest. My first guest who is in studio is Greg Miller. Greg has served in various leadership positions within the Larry H. Miller Group for more than 30 years, including a CEO from 2008 to 2015. He's well known as an innovative and visionary leader, and with his wife Heidi has established at least two foundations that I'm familiar with, the Do Good As You Go Foundation and the Sherry Black Education Foundation. Serves on normal on, on several community and professional boards. Uh, we've served on the governor's advisory team for uh, about a decade together, uh, and one that I would love to serve on, but have not been asked to: the National Basketball Association's Board of Governors. So, Greg, I am so grateful to have you in uh, studio with me today. It's really nice to be here. Thanks for having me. There's a lot to talk about. Um, you do fantastically adventurous things, like in 2018 when you led a 2,000-kilometer expedition across the ice cap of Greenland. But there's too much excitement about the jazz. I just want to go straight to the jazz for this segment. In the next segment, I'm just giving you a fair warning. There's a lot of chatter about you running for governor, and uh, so I want to ask you about that. But we're going to go jazz first, so we'll, we'll kind of ease into the tougher stuff. All right. <laughs> so the jazz... Um, one, I've got to say thank you uh, to the Miller family for two things. I was just looking online, and you know this, I'm sure, but I don't know if everyone else does. We all know the Jazz have been very good to great for as long as they've been in Utah. But the Jazz are the fifth most successful franchise in terms of winning percentage of all time. That's incredible. And if you take out the New Orleans years and just do the Miller years— then you're in a dogfight for number one with the Spurs, Lakers, and Celtics. That's incredible. Yeah, we've been blessed with a lot of uh, great leadership, great uh, 
coaches, obviously, with Coach Sloan and Coach Schneider. A lot of great players, uh, a lot of great support from the community. Obviously, my dad took a lot of risk to keep the team here, to build the arena, uh, the recent renovation. So there's just been a lot of uh, neat elements that have come together, and it's been really fun to be a part of it throughout the years. Uh, the other reason I'm grateful, of course, is because your family made a huge sacrifice. could be hundreds of millions, could be in the billions uh, of potential revenue by making that compact to keep the Jazz in Utah. That is not ever been done, I think, with any professional team I know of, and uh, it, it was an incredible, incredible gift to the state of Utah. Yeah, it was It was very innovative. Uh, we worked with the NBA, the, the league office, for two or three years to engineer that in a way that um, met all of their standards and, and uh, ours as well. And uh, we were pushing the envelope on how that deal was uh, architected. And um, it was something that I'm very proud of. I was actually talking to Steve Starks about this yesterday. And and uh, the thing about it is it it's the the best vehicle that we could come up with, with working with our legal counsel and talking about it as a family that would allow us to keep the team in this market forever in, in perpetuity. And that's our goal. Um, I'm sure most of the listeners have, have heard the, the talk about how important it was to keep the team here to my dad. That's why he took the risk to, to buy the first half and then a year later the second half. And and that commitment is as strong with my siblings and I. And I think uh, when our kids are in the driver's seat, so to speak, you'll find everybody will find it's as important to them as it is to the, the rest of the family. And so this allowed us to do that and and sort of put put all the chatter about will the Jazz ever leave, will the Millers ever sell out, put that all behind us and just enjoy having the franchise here and know that it's going to be a, a part of this community, uh, hopefully in perpetuity. That's certainly the intent. And what a time to enjoy the Jazz. Uh, Exciting you know, times. We had the amazing years with Stockton and Malone where but for Michael Jordan we might have a few uh, – a few championship rings, um, uh, some very fun years, of course, with uh, with the Darren uh, Darren Williams teams, and but now uh, we've got a phenomenal talent in Donovan Mitchell, a, an All Star in Rudy Gobert, uh, good enough to get us through the first round last year. This year was tough. We ran into a really tough opponent, and you have doubled down, and we now have a team that a lot of pundits are saying is one of the top two or three teams in the league. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> high expectations being lofted around out there. And, and the thing that uh, we talk about internally is the only expectations that we need to worry about are, are our own, our self-imposed expectations, which are high, but we should measure against those rather than external ones, I feel. so. Um, but to your first point, it's – to me, this is uh, a really exciting window of of opportunity for the Jazz, with uh, you know having, as you said, Rudy and Donovan, um, Donovan being on his his rookie contract. Uh, obviously, he's going to make big money before he's done, yeah. uh, and so we we had an opportunity to to make some roster changes and bring in uh, some players that we felt could help us for a title run and. Uh, and we've got about a two or three year window to get something done, and we're going to do everything we can uh, to ad- advance as far as we can. It's it's great to be a playoff uh, team and, and have made it a couple years in a row, but that's not enough. I mean, 
uh, obviously uh, we're in it to to get a championship and and we feel uh, that that with this team uh, we've taken uh, significant steps towards that goal it's really fun to see you know I was talking to some people back east and and they're talking about how great the jazz have always been they're always in the picture and that this year they are one of the headliners of the NBA the upcoming NBA season and just kind of marveling like how do you guys do that because in no universe should anything from Utah ever be as good as anything from New York and yet you know we have still clubbed uh the Knicks for my basically my entire life so uh how how have you been able to kind of you were nice and magnanimous of talking about players and coaches and everyone else. And of course that's all true. It doesn't happen without them, but, but the Miller family has been the constant throughout all of these changes. How have you been able to keep a smaller market, um, not only competitive, but at the top of the league for so long? Well, I think it has to do with our culture. Um, we know who we are. We know what we stand for. Some of those things are, um, elemental uh they're they're basics we don't try to to get too cute or too smart uh we just uh, we, we kind of block and tackle uh another part of it is that we take a long-term perspective where we don't bring mercenaries in we don't try to recruit somebody and just come in for a year and give us a, a flash in the pan or a surge to do greatness we're a lot more organic in our approach and we i mean the number of players that have have uh, kind of been homegrown uh, over the last few years, I think, is evidence of that. And we just we stick to it. We stay focused on our objectives, and, and we just keep working towards them year after year. Uh, Dennis has a uh, theory that he calls aggressive asset accumulation, and that is if, if whenever you give something up, you always have to get something in return. Hopefully you can get a little more um, sometimes than others. And you don't always have to spend those right now, but as if you have those in your in your wallet, so to speak, there's always going to be an opportunity to redeem those. And as I said earlier, we're in one of those windows of opportunity now where we can we can go big and and uh, and uh, it's just it, it's neat to be a part of it. It's neat to watch Dennis and Justin and David and others um, always working behind the scenes. There's always something going on. Always, it's it's yeah. relentless. Those guys are relentless in their uh, efforts to improve the team. Uh, they never sleep, in my opinion. <laughs> they, I mean, it's like they're there at midnight, they're there in the morning, and they're always looking for an angle uh, to make us better. And whether that's, that's how we train, uh, whether it's where we train with the Zions Bank uh, basketball campus, whether it's the re, uh, remodel to the arena, uh, whether it's bringing the, the summer league back to Salt Lake City after the league decided they wanted to move it to Vegas. they were. I'm going to stop you right there. I want to talk summer league for just a second, um, but we need to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Greg Miller to talk about the jazz and about whether he might uh, step up to some public service opportunity. Jay Mack. Hey, it's Kurt Jowers back with you and back with Greg Miller. We've had a great chat about the Utah Jazz, and I just want uh, the rest of my two hours to talk about uh, about the NBA this season. I'm really excited about it. Um, you, I cut you off right on the summer league, and the 
the moment that I got super excited about the jazz, even beyond where I'd ever been before, was at the summer league that Donovan Mitchell played in. He's just a 13th pick, so you figure he's probably fine. And uh, I was at the game where he, he blocked this shot, somehow managed to save the ball, and then beat everyone. And this is all the other end of the court. Somehow managed to cut around three people and catch an alley-oop for a dunk. And my sons and I looked at each other and were like, oh, my gosh, this guy, I've never seen that by Michael Jordan or any of these guys. And it turned out he lived up to that moment big time uh, and continues to do so. Yeah, he's an amazing athlete. He's an amazing human being. Um, he's got a great work ethic. He's, he's a great fit for the Jazz, and we are very blessed to have him. You know, that's that's the last thing I'll talk about with the Jazz. Then I've got to ask you the harder questions. But um, you seem to do a great job of getting good people. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, uh, he has a relationship with doTERRA, uh, which I'm grateful for. He uses our products, and we did an interview uh, together that I think every kid should hear because his, he talks about this religious moment he had in church. And I, I did the interview with his mom and his sister, and his mom started crying as he told this very personal story. Um, and you can just see the family values, the standards that she imposes on him uh, and that he has embraced and, and brought to the people of Utah. Then you add Michael Connolly Jr. I mean, he was acknowledged by his peers as, as the citizen of the, the teammate of the year. Teammate of the year. I mean, on and on it goes. So uh, good for you for bringing great players, great people to our state. And uh, with that, good luck to the Jazz this year. We're all cheering yeah, for we're them excited. as always. We're looking forward to big <laughs> things. It's uh, As a fan, I can't wait to, to get to the game and just feel the energy and the excitement of that, uh, that op- opening night. It's a fun team. They love each other, and, and I'm sure these new additions, Boggy and, and Michael Connolly Jr., will only add to that excitement. Yeah. So um, enough of the easy stuff. We've got to go to the harder <laughs> stuff now. Um, I think partly because of what you have been able to do with the Larry H. Miller companies, uh, your charitable work, uh, so many other things, what your family means to this state. Um, you have obviously been involved in, in, in politics and policies uh, in many different fashions. I mentioned we both serve on Governor Herbert's advisory team, and so you've been a part of these you know, sometimes monthly meetings and in, in, in hearing the needs of the state. Your name is constantly coming up as – as a potential gubernatorial candidate. Right now, it feels like the last two who are really being discussed are you and uh, Ambassador, former Governor Huntsman. What do you want to tell us about all these rumors and your thoughts and plans? Well, I will acknowledge that uh, public service is something that I've given a lot of of, uh, thought and consideration to. Um, If I were to do it, uh, I would likely uh, run for governor. I've considered uh, maybe throwing my hat in the ring for for other uh, offices, uh, federal offices, and I just don't think I'm uh, at a point where I want to make that commute uh, back and forth each week and be away from my family that much. So so as I've considered the options, I think – being the governor is the one that's most appealing, most fitting to me. And so it's something that I've, I've given some thought to. Uh, I've talked to, to my family, uh, both families, meaning my mom and my siblings. Uh, my mom has expressed support. Um, my siblings have expressed support. 
my wife and my kids have, I'd say, gone uh, beyond support to encouragement. Uh, huh. they, they love to see me run. That is the single most important thing, by the way, because it's not easy being a candidate's family. Yeah, I agree, and we've we've talked about that. And uh, they say, you know, there's there's a lot about it we don't know, but as we envision it, uh, we think it's something that would be uh, exciting and and good for us. So, so if you decide to do it, we'll support you. And so I, I feel like I've got the, the the stuff on the home front lined up if I decide to do it. I think for me, what it comes down to is is um, you know I'm 53 years old. I've got hopefully a lot of good years ahead of me. And it's it it comes down to me what is my highest and best use for the next ten or fifteen years? Is that working in the Larry Miller Group? Uh, is it public service? Is it just focusing on the jazz? Is it diving deeper into the the charities that Heidi and I have have formed? Um, with the you know the option of of just uh, being involved with the Larry Miller Group as a family, we we kind of pivoted about four years ago when I stepped down as CEO and decided that we were going to, uh, those of us who were involved in operations, were going to step out of operations so that we could be more involved in in establishing a governance structure for the company that would allow us to, to stay operational well into the future, 100 years or more. And that involved uh, establishing a family board of managers. It involved uh, bringing in, a, uh, establishing a board of directors and and um, a lot of other things. And that's been a hard adjustment for me because from the time I was very young until the time I stepped down as CEO, I was right in the middle of a lot of operational issues. And that's my comfort zone is you know being in, uh, consulting with my advisors, um, trying to produce results. And so, so anyway, as I, I look at where, that's, where that stands now, um, I don't have the opportunity to do that. It's more administrative and and of course they're they're wonderful opportunities i don't uh, i don't mean to imply that they're not but so looking at uh, looking at uh, a timeline it's always fascinating to me that uh, sometimes that they try to speed the timeline up on everybody because one guy jumps in early yeah. um when i look back you know mike lee came in very late uh, yeah. running for senator mitt romney came in you know so-called late although we're you know, we're still a year and a half out from the general election and, um, you know, nine, nine, 10 months, 11 months out from uh, the, the primary. Um, do you have what what's kind of going through your mind of what timeline or, or things you need to do in order to to make that decision? And Well, I, I think uh, I just I need to make sure I don't miss any windows of opportunity, you know, filing deadlines or uh, <laughs> things like that, obviously. And, right. And uh, we're, we're generally aware of those, I think. Um, part of it has to do with just, just seeing what my mom's going to do. She's 76. She's fully engaged. Uh, it's been great to see her growth uh, in the business side of things. Um, she's enjoying it, and I don't see her uh, stepping down anytime soon. Um, if that changes, like if she came in tomorrow and said, hey, I'm going to go hang yeah. out with Kim. Gail and- Miller is a powerhouse. Yeah. She, I, I will always be grateful to her for what she did for a hundred different things, but you know, obviously my one of my pet causes count my vote. She she stepped in yeah. with my That was a great experience and, for her. And she was incredible. So so if she if she decides she's out tomorrow, that would probably steer me towards uh, more you know deeper engagement with the business. 
Um, but in the absence of something like that, I would say that uh, there's a strong possibility that uh, I would throw my hat in the ring. I'm not here to make an announcement yet. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just I, I see it as a way for me to continue the legacy of our family in providing service to a state and communities that we love so much, uh, hopefully to set an example for future generations of the Miller family uh, to give back to a community that's been so good to us. And so uh, to answer your question, what's the next step? I think I just need to continue to, to, you know, to research, to assess, to learn, to observe, to talk to people and just, just see where it takes me. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for having me. Jay Mack. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com.